0: And good afternoon, people, and welcome back to the Word Encounter. And we left off at um, chapter 12 of Numbers yesterday, so we're going to pick up in chapter 13 of Numbers. And uh, we see in verse 1: The Lord spoke to Moses, Send men uh, to scout off the land of Canaan, I am given to the Israelites. Send one man who is a leader among them from each of their ancestral tribes. And so uh, Moses is to pick one man who is a leader amongst each tribe and send them out to scout out the land that the Lord is sending the Israelites into. And so we see that uh, Caleb and Hosea, son of Nun are a part of this tribe. Now Hosea is actually Joshua. And uh, so Caleb is from Judah and uh, Hosea or Joshua is from Ephraim. Now, if we recall Ephraim is the son of Joseph, Ephraim was essentially adopted by Jacob and became his son And so it became a tribe. And so that we see that uh, uh, Joseph's wife was actually Egyptian. And so Jacob or Joshua is from um, uh, the tribe of Ephraim and Ephraim is from uh, Joseph. And Joseph had an Egyptian wife. Now, why is this critical? It's It's not that it's critical. It's just that we need to take note of this because um, uh, the, the, uh, the Egypt, the Egyptian people were descendant from Ham, the Hamatic people and the Hamatic people were from Africa. And so we see that through Joseph's line, uh, is African. And so the possibility exists, of course, that he may have been somewhat dark in complexion. And I just bring this up again, because we see that the word co- covers all peoples. It doesn't matter. The word covers all peoples. Everybody's a descendant of Noah. And so it covers all peoples, and so we shouldn't be having these issues or divisions or anything like that along racial lines. And so we move on. We move on to verse uh, 18, and uh, it says, See what the land is like, and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. Is the land they live in good or bad? Are the cities they live in encampments or fortifications? Verse twenty: Is the land fertile or unproductive? Are there trees in it or not? Be courageous. Bring back, some, bring back some fruit of the land. It was the season. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. And so these are the instructions uh, to the twelve that are to go in to scout out the land, find out what it's about. What kind of land is it? You know, does it have good, good uh, uh, produce? Is it highly fortified and protected? You know, essentially, just a scouting report. What does this thing look like so that we know what it is we're getting into when we go over there? And so <clears throat> in verse 25, at the end of 40 days, they returned from scouting out the land. So they were gone for over a month, you know, almost like a month and a half. They're gone in order to scout out the land and bring back the report. Uh, to the entire community of the Israelites what this new land is like. In verse 27, they reported to Moses, we went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey. And here is some of its fruit. And so they're confirming that they went into the land. And yes, it is as the Lord said, it is flowing with milk and honey. It's great. It, It looks like awesome land. Verse 28. However, the people living in the land are strong. And the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak. And <clears throat> so they're saying that, hey, yeah, this land is cool, this land is good and everything, but it don't look good for us. Cause this land is big, it's fortified, it's got giant people in it. You know, there essentially there's no way we can commandeer this land. There's just not happening. And so uh, in verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, because the people have heard this and they're like, they're getting afraid. Let's go up now and take possession of the land because we certainly can conquer it. And So Caleb is like, no, no, that's not what I see. That's what they see. But that's not what I see. What I see is that we can go conquer this land. And so verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him responded, we can't attack the people because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land. They had scouted the land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great size. And so they are instilling fear into the Israelites based on what they saw. And again, uh, Caleb was like, no, nah, that's, that's not what I see. And so let's go on to chapter 14, verse one. Then the whole community broke into loud cries and the people wept that night. And so they were, they were crying and weeping, you know, there's no way we can, we can do this. All the Israelites claimed about Moses and Aaron and the whole community told them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Now remember this, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, remember that. Verse three, why is the Lord bringing us into the land to die by the sword? Our wives and children will become plundered. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader so we can go back to Egypt. And so they're planning on going back. They want to go back into captivity as opposed to being free in the wilderness. And so Joshua and Caleb come along, but they say, well, look, look, folks, look, the land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. Verse nine, only don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land for we will devour them. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. And so, but we see the dichotomy here in verse 10, while the whole community threatened to stone them. So they didn't want to hear it. They wanted to go back. They didn't want to hear anything about a land flowing with milk and honey. They didn't want to hear anything about what Caleb or Joshua were telling them. And so in verse 10, while the whole community threatened to stone them, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tent of meeting. So they're complaining. They don't want to believe Joshua and Caleb. They're about to stone them to death. And then the Lord descends. Verse 11, the Lord said, said to Moses, how long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust in me? Despite all the signs I have performed among them, I've done all this stuff the plagues, the sea parting, all of this stuff, the drowning of the uh, uh, Egyptian army, all of this stuff, and they still don't believe me. In verse 12, I will strike them with the plague and destroy them. And so he, he's like fed up with them and says, okay. Fine, I'm just going to wipe them out because they're, they've gotten on my nerves. I can't deal with it anymore. But then Moses steps in and Moses starts me up me and say, Lord, calm down. Essentially, don't destroy this people. If you destroy these people, then what's going to happen to your reputation amongst the other people? They'll say you brought your people out of Egypt into nowhere in order to kill them and destroy them. And so please, Lord, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And so we see in verse 19. Moses says, "Please pardon the iniquity of this people, in keeping with the greatness of your faithful love, just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now." And so Moses again said, "Look, you, you've forgiven them this time because your love is so awesome and great. Keep doing it. Don't don't wipe them out." And in verse twenty, the Lord responds, "I have pardoned them as you have requested. Yet as surely as I live." And as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these 10 times and did not obey me will ever see the land I swore to give to their fathers. None of those uh, who have despised me will see it. And so he says, "Okay, I won't wipe them out, Moses. I will do as you honor. But none of them will see the land that I have promised their forefathers. None of them. Verse 24. But since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him into the land where he has gone and his descendants will inherit. And so we see that Joshua actually gets added to this equation later on. But the Lord is saying none of the men are going to see this land flowing with milk and honey. They're they're not going to step foot on it except for my servant Caleb. Because he has my spirit, so the Lord was examining spirits, and He was seeing who had His spirit and who didn't, and then making judgments upon that. So we move on into in verse twenty-eight. Tell them as surely as I live, this is the Lord's uh, declaration. So He's talking to Moses. I will do to you exactly as you heard, as I heard you say. So the Lord is telling the people. I will do to you exactly as I heard you say. What did he hear him say? I will. um, Oh, excuse me. Verse 29. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness. Now, if we go back and remember, we're in verse uh, two. Yeah. And we're in verse two. The people have said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. And so the Lord is saying, okay, all right, I'm going to do to you exactly as you say you know, your corpses will fall in this wilderness. All of you who were registered in the census, the entire number of you, 20 years old or more, because you have complained about me, I swear that none of you will enter the land I I promised to settle you in, except Caleb and Joshua. I will bring your children whom you said uh, would become plunder into the land you rejected, and they will enjoy it. And so The people were saying our kids are going to get plundered, this, that, and the other. We need to go back to Egypt. Wouldn't it be better if we died in the wilderness? The Lord is saying, okay, you'll die in the wilderness, but your children, your children will come into the new land. But as for you, your corpses will fall in this wilderness. In verse 34, you will bear the consequences of your iniquities 40 years based on the number of 40 days that you scouted the land, a year for each day. And so... Again, they scouted the land for 40 days. They came back and they gave the bad report except for Caleb and Joshua. And then the Lord is saying, "Okay, one year for each day, you are going to wander in this wilderness. So you're going to wander for 40 years. And as you're wandering, you're going to be dropping off and dying until none of you are left except for uh, the men. Anyway, except for my uh, servant, Caleb and Joshua, and they will lead us into the promised land. And so, again, a year for each day. Uh, we skip down to verse 35. They will come, um, they will come to an end in the wilderness, and there they will die. In verse 36, so the men Moses sent to scout out the land, and who returned and incited the entire community to complain about, uh to complain him uh, by spreading negative report about the land those men who spread negative report about the land were struck down by the lord and so the amongst those that went with caleb and joshua those that brought the negative report were struck down by the lord okay so they were they dropped right then verse 38 only caleb oh excuse me only joshua and caleb uh, remained alive of those men who went out to scout the land verse 40, they got up early the next morning and went to the ridge of the hill country saying, let's go um, to the place the Lord promised for we were wrong. So the people are saying, oh, man, this is horrible. We were wrong. Let's go to the place. Let's go. Let's go get them. Verse 41, but Moses responded, Why are you going uh, against the Lord's command? It won't succeed. Don't go because the Lord is not among you and you will be defeated by your enemies. And so they want to go ahead and go and uh, in, in reverse course, but Moses said, No, 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 it's too late. The Lord didn't with you. Don't go. But they were knuckleheads. They went anyway. And, and verse 44, but they dared to go up uh, the ridge to the hill country, even though the ark of the uh, Lord's uh, covenant, excuse me, even though the ark of the Lord's covenant and Moses did not leave the camp. So the ark of the covenant did not go with them, neither did Moses. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that part of the hill country came down, attacked them and routed them as far as Hormah. And so they came down and they got soundly defeated. (laughs) And so they went against the Lord's desires. Uh, they, They said, let's go back to Egypt. The Lord became angry with them and told them what was going to happen and said, oh, we have sinned against the Lord. So let's go take the land like the Lord wanted us to do. But he wasn't with them. And so they went and they got routed. And so we find here that obedience, you know, initial implicit obedience to what you hear from the Lord is important. When you hear something, don't delay, don't procrastinate, don't question, just do it. You know, if you hear something from the Lord, if you're sure that you've heard something from the Lord you know, just go ahead and do it because if you have truly heard from the Lord and you go ahead and do it, he will be with you. And so with that, we will pick up in chapter 15 tomorrow.